Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Rev. Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. This morning, the title of my message is simply entitled, uh, The Greatest Reward of Worship. The greatest reward of worship. I believe that this is a word that can set this whole church on fire. It could change the course of our nature. It could take us in a completely new direction. And I believe we all need to get there. Hallelujah. We're going to be reading this morning from Psalm 96. Hallelujah. But Psalm 96, we're going to read that this morning and then get into the word of God. When you have it, say amen. Beginning at verse number one, and the word of the Lord says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. Mm -hmm. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Mm -hmm. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and all the peoples with his truth. Glory to God. You may take your seats this morning. Saints of the Most High God. Praise the Lord. There are rewards for worshiping God. There are great rewards when the brethren come together and worship God in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read a quick verse of scripture, which you've probably heard numerous times in John 4, 23 and 24. It says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. 
God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Praise God. So he says here, the true worshipers. What is a true worshiper? Have you ever thought about that term? What does it mean to be a true worshiper? What does it mean to worship God in spirit and in truth? I think if we could establish that, it's going to take our worship to the next level. But what is a true worshiper? I, I would begin by saying a true worshiper is a non-phony worshiper. Uh, the real deal, hallelujah, a worshiper who comes to God in the correct manner without any type of false humility, which is a big problem, hallelujah. A worshiper who understands who they are before they lift up their hands before the Lord. Sometimes we got to understand who we are before we come to Almighty God. We are grains of sand, specks of dust. You know, who are we that God is mindful of us? David said so in the Psalms. We got to understand and recognize our place, right? We, we see it in the workplace. People have authority, certain types of positions, and we respect those in authority above us. But just as there's protocol in the workplace, when we come to God, we got to recognize who we are when we come to God because sometimes we come to God as his advisor. We, we come to God telling him what we need, what we want, what he's supposed to do, and then we bounce. We check out. We forget our place. He is God. Hallelujah. Almighty God. He has predestined us. And when we come to him, we've got to come in a state of humility, with a state of awe, of holy reverence before God. A worshiper, a true worshiper is going to come to God as a servant. He's going to stay low so that God can take him high. Hallelujah. A worshiper will come to God with zero arrogance. How about that? In other words, zero pride. Never forgetting uh, uh, the things around us. First Peter 5 and the, the second portion of that verse, it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So as a true worshiper, we got to come to God in the correct manner. Number two, uh, uh, what does it mean for, to, for someone to come in spirit and in truth? Well, the verse kind of gave us a clue. It says, God is spirit, and those that come to him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, uh, coming to him in spirit means not coming to him in the, the stinky balinky flesh. <laughs> We can't come to God in the flesh because when you come to God in the flesh, your flesh ain't going to want to worship God. Your flesh ain't going to want to pray. Your flesh ain't going to want to raise up holy hands. Your flesh is going to say, what are people thinking of me? What if I raise my hands and I get tired? Your flesh is going to say, I've been standing for 30 minutes. I don't want to stand no more. I've been sitting for an hour. I don't want to sit. You know, your flesh will, will take you the wrong direction. That's why it says, come in the spirit. In spirit and in truth, you Amen. abolish the works of the flesh. You come to him in spirit. In spirit means we purge ourselves from the cares of the world, yes. from the weight that entangles us. You know, sometimes we come to church and we're worried about the rent, about the phone bill, uh, about people that are sick or, or people that are hurting or people that lost their job. Or We have all these different cares and I'm not saying that they're not valid. They're legitimate. But the reality is when you walk through the door 
doors and you enter his courts. The Bible says, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Guess what? In the presence of the Lord, things change. In the presence of God, everything is remedied. You, you could get a source of strength again from the presence of the Lord. And if we allow the weights of the world to entangle us, it will affect. It will wane on your worship. It will affect the way that you praise God. If all you keep doing is thinking about the problems, you're going to miss the promises. You're going to miss the presence. You're going to miss the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to cleanse ourselves from all unrighteousness. Leave the stuff at the door. Hallelujah. And, and plead the blood of Jesus. Cover over you the blood of Jesus. Say, Lord, I plead the blood yes. over my mind, over my heart, over my body. Thank right you, now, Lord. it's about you. It's about you and me, oh God. I, I don't care what's going on at home. I don't care what's going on on the job. I don't care if the Giants win or lose. I, I'm, a, I'm here about you right now. Hallelujah. This is my time with you, oh God. How do I, you, you know, long faces is irrelevant because I close my eyes, I don't see nobody. Hallelujah. Just worship God. Get along with you. Hallelujah. And when I'm when I'm done and there's tears and, and, and boogies, I just wipe it out. Hallelujah. And keep on going. Praise God. I ain't scared today. Hallelujah. But we need to cover ourselves. We don't want to come in with stinky hands. Hallelujah. We don't want to come in entangled and, and, and dirty and, and poopy filled hands. Right? And raise up dirty hands before the Lord. Would you want to smell poopy, uh, poopy hand diapers? Hands? You know, uh, 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 it's funny. My, 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 my grandson who's with us now, praise God. He, we just made these little t-shirts with numbers, you know, all six grandbabies. And yesterday we had him on with his little onesie with his name and his little thing. When he got home, man, he laid a bomb. Hallelujah. And it was everywhere, all over his back and everything. And my daughter-in-law, she's like, sorry, dad. You know, the, the shirt is a little messy. We got to clean it. She went here. But I was like, what do you think I'm going to do? I don't want that. What do you put that in the wash, man? I, I don't want to put it in the garbage, man. But, but you know, when, when it's covered, right, who wants to pick it up? I don't want the cooties, right? It goes wherever it goes, but not to my hands. But, but sometimes we come to God with cooties. We worship God with cooties. And, and our hands are stained with cooties. And then we raise up holy hands. We say, God, pick me up. Pick me up. Up. Pick me up. But we got poop on our hands. He's like, dude, wash yourself. Let's go. Amen. Clean up. Right. right? Now, God cleans us up. I'm using that as an illustration. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Are we together? Hallelujah. So nobody says I'm doctrinally incorrect this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. God, God, you know, when we repent, when we cleanse ourselves with the blood of Jesus, he washes us white as snow. And that's why it's important to take the dirty diaper hands off yes. in the parking lot. Cleanse your mind. Cleanse your heart. When you walk in through the door, you say, Lord, it's just you and me. I plead the blood. Amen. I'm cleansed. I'm washed. I'm holy before God. I'm righteous. Hallelujah. Before Christ Jesus, I'm ready to enter into the throne room of God. I'm ready to enter his courts. I'm ready to enter right in with boldness. Hallelujah. And when somebody says, I'm sorry, but you're not allowed. Oh, that's my father. Step out of the way. Yes. What are you talking about? My father's on the throne. Are you kidding me? I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I'm coming in to worship the king. Praise God. 
When we come in, despite how we feel, whatever is going on, we offer up a sacrifice of praise. That means even if you're tired, even if you're not feeling well, you enter the, the courts of God and you say, Lord, even though I'm, I'm feeling everything that I'm feeling right now, even though there's all kind, I'm giving you the sacrifice of yes. praise. I'm going to muster up whatever I got left in me, whatever little bit is left of joy, of peace, Jesus. whatever I got, I'm going to offer it up to you. I'm going to give you my heart and offer it up to you, oh God. I give you everything. That's when things change, praise God. That's what God says. Come to me in spirit. I am spirit. We got to take every thought captive and place it under arrest. Hallelujah. And tell the enemy, sorry, step aside. It's time to worship God. It's time to bring him an offering of praise. It's time to offer myself up as a gift to God. Hallelujah. As his gift. Glory to God. There's reward in this type of worship. If we could get to that place where we could brush the world off of us, there's rewards in worship. We never think that worship has rewards, but I'm going to tell you today, there are rewards in worship. Worship makes our life much more bearable. Worship are the reward that brings the favor of God upon our life. Worship rewards that take us from the doom and gloom scenario to the too blessed to be stressed scenario. Hallelujah. <laughs> Worship rewards that satisfy our soul more than any drug, more than any alcohol, Amen. more than any pharmacia nonsense that the world has to offer. When you are in the presence of God, it takes you to a deeper place, yes. another place. Hallelujah. That seems to crush all the things that yes. the world has for you. A reward that tells you that God is enough. Hallelujah. You don't need nothing else. God is enough. That's all I need. So, first of all, I want to break down, before we go into this reward topic, I want to break down a little bit about what exactly is worship. Its origins, where it came from, where it started. It's important to know that. We read in Psalm 96 this morning, several beautiful words about what worship is. It says, sing a new song unto the Lord. Declare His glory. Proclaim His name. Share the good news. Declare His wonders to all the people on earth. Fear God. Tremble at His presence. Hallelujah. It says, bring Him an offering of praise. Bring Him the glory. Do His name. Honor and majesty are before Him. We got to realize we're entering a throne room of the King of Kings. It's like you were going to the president. Well, I don't want to say president. People say, I, ain't, I, would, I would burn it down if I went to the White House. Well, no. If you go, you still got to go correct with a, with a level of honor and respect despite who is there because you respect the office. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If we can't respect the office, then no one's going to respect us when we get to our place of elevation. Amen. You want to be respected, then respect those above you or you'll never get there. That's the truth. Praise God. But if you were to go to the White House, you would put on your best suit. You would put on your best shoes, whatever you could afford, and you will go in with honor and with respect and you would enter in. And the same holds true with God. We got to come in with our best. Amen. So worship. Uh, uh, when, when the Bible says bring him honor and glory, bring him gifts, bring him uh, because strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. What, what he's saying is come with a level of devotion, with a level of gratitude, with a level of respect, with reverent awe and fear and trembling and, and come to the Lord with respect. 
Worship is about being reverent and, and, and understanding the mighty power, the majesty, the glory, the splendor of God. Understanding that you are about to get ignited. Hallelujah. When you leave that place, you're about to come out charged. Hallelujah. Electrified. Hallelujah. Yes. Let me give you a little bit of an example. Worship is like a spark that when people get uh, what the spark that people get when they fall in love with Jesus. Most people have experienced this type of spark when they rub their feet on a carpet beneath them and then they reach out to touch someone only to see a spark from that friction, right? The transfer from one person to another. Worship is just like that. We come to God and we rub against Him long enough and then something is about to shoot off onto yes. somebody else because yes. being close to God produces like a static electricity. When you stand in the presence of God, when you're rubbing Glory. with the Lord, hallelujah, and you walk into a room going, God bless you. It's like, ow, what was that? You ever had that happen? Yes. You, you know, uh, where, where you spark someone because you've been rubbing or walking on a rug and you touch them and they get that shock? That's what it is. It's like a spiritual electronic infusion of life and vitality and one man sharpening another man. It's, it's like passing it forward. Praise God. The fact is, everyone in this room knows how to worship God. It's built in our DNA, the fabric of our being. Everyone here knows how to worship. Let me give you another illustration. Hallelujah. <laughs> worship, right? It's the fan experience. If we go to a, a stadium, I, I'm a giant fan if you haven't noticed by now. <laughs> Praise God, right? Praise God. Good or bad, win or lose, I go down with the ship. Hallelujah. I'll cheer them on to the day it's done. Hallelujah. Praise God. I got my little man cave and everything. Praise God all set up. But that's another sermon for another day. Hallelujah. But when you come as a fan, you come really to, to applaud and to cheer on the home team, right? And, and you come, and, and it's a natural act for a fan to shout, to scream, to jump to clap, to throw your hands in the air, to cheer, to smile, to laugh, to cry, hallelujah, <laughs> to get excited. And, and, and sometimes we use words that are not necessarily normal. You, know, you start screaming and you can't even express yourself in the right way because you're out of control, hallelujah. <laughs> Some people use very colorful words, hallelujah. But the thing is, we're all created to worship. And if we're not worshiping God, we'll find other ways to worship. And what we do is we just transfer the worship onto something else. And, and when you think about a sports stadium, when you got thousands and thousands and thousands of people and they all come collectively in agreement we're going to cheer our team on and there's a roar an eruption of sound and the decibel levels they call it the 12th man in football you know there's 11 players on the field the 12th man is the people because the 12th man can influence games simply by making noise when the other team has to make a play and, and then the crowd starts going ah it causes a distraction to the opposing team and it gives a little push to the home team to do better and to reward them. Amen? 
Let me let me just let me break that down a little bit more. Home court advantage. That's what I'm talking about. Home court. When when a team is on their home court, it enables the team to get a spark or a sense of energy from the crowd. And that's called a home court advantage. And that's why a lot of teams will play to have a home court advantage because they know that when the going gets tough, they can rely on the fans to cheer them on. And suddenly now they're making shots. They're making points. They're, they're doing stuff because they're on their home turf. When you're on an opposing team's stadium or field or wherever you're at playing this sporting event and you have their home crowd cheering them on, you feel like the outcast. You feel like the Zahur. And, and if you're not getting people cheering for you, you know, you feel almost like disconnected. And you're like, man, where are my peeps at? Where are my people? Where, you know, and you're looking around the stadium to see if you got at least a couple of people with your color shirts on. So at least you could be like, yo, what's up? You know, and, and get some kind of love from somebody. But, but anyone who has a home court advantage typically does well and typically does better. And this is why it is so important because many people say, well, why do I need to go to church every Sunday? Why do I need to even go at all? Worshiping God with other believers allows people pushing toward the same goal to come together and gather together in spirit and truth. Did you know church is like a home court advantage? Hallelujah. When you come to church and you got other brothers that are going through the same problems, if not worse than what you're going through, and we start saying, you know what? I ain't tripping right now. I must just worship God. And we start worshiping God and throwing up holy hands in the air. All of a sudden, there's an atmosphere shift. Hallelujah. There's a change and, and chains start breaking. Hallelujah. And people that are got a stink face on them, they're like, when is this going to be over so I can sit down with the stinky face? Hallelujah. And then you rub up on them and you touch them. Hallelujah. And next thing you know, they start getting up and now they're worshiping God and they got a little zap of static electricity. Hallelujah. That's the presence of God. And next thing you know, they leave the building and say, man, church was the bomb today. Hallelujah. They came in one way and left another way. And that's the goal, right? We get home court advantage. That's why it's important for the body to come together as one and shake the world off of us. Glory to God. Origins. Let's talk a little bit about origins. And I'm going to go quickly because some of you have heard this before, but it's important that you understand. In heaven, there are three archangels that the word of God tells us about. Gabriel, which was the messenger angel. Michael, who is the warrior angel, the one that literally threw Lucifer out of heaven, kicked him out. And then, of course, Lucifer, who was later changed to Satan. Amen? Worship was literally born in heaven. God created worship in heaven, and he raised up an archangel named Lucifer, the, the, the star of the morning, the morning star, right? Or the, Jesus is referred to as the bright and morning star, but Lucifer is referred to as the star of the morning. It gets a little confusing. But the reality is, Lucifer was the angel of light. Light, loose in Latin is light. He was the angel of light, and he was created as the worship leader. So you had the messenger angel, you had the warrior angel, and you had the worshiping angel. Worship was created in heaven first for the worship to God and the angels in heaven were led in worship by Lucifer and again Lucifer didn't go to the piano he 
had the piano come out of him. He didn't go to the drums. The drums were built in him. The pipes, the vials, the timbrets, everything was built in him. Moreover, he had a lot of jewels. He was covered head to toe in addition to the wings. He had jewels and they were all over his body. And therefore, when God's glorious light would shine in the throne room of God, the light would reflect off of God and it would reflect off of his body and you would see little laser beams and, and all that and Lucifer was able to walk among the fiery coals in the throne room of God he was able to see the Shekinah glory the mist of God in the throne room and there's no doubt why we now have concerts here that are so twisted and perverted and you see the pyrotechnics you see the smoke you see the fire you see all the things that are resemblant of the throne room of God because what he does is he mimics and perverts the things of God. And he was an expert at evoking emotion. He knows how to turn people's emotions upside down. Listen, it's one thing to, to mess with us down here who've never been to heaven. But imagine a third of the angels who saw God, who see the power, the glory of God, and he was able to deceive a third of the angels of heaven that saw God and somehow believed that he should be worshipped because he was different than all the other angels. Let me tell you, music is a powerful force. Don't ever forget it. When your kids tell you, oh, I'm just listening to the beats. Yeah, yeah there are some other things going on in that song. Go and there. as a parent, you better pay attention because it ain't just about the beats. That's Amen? Right. Amen? That's right. But Lucifer was the worshiping angel. And, and listen, for further study, because I can't spend too much time on it, Ezekiel 28, 13 through 15. Write this down and take this home and study it for yourself to verify what I'm telling you. Ezekiel 28, 13 through 15 and Isaiah 14, 11 through 15. These verses of scripture will tell you all about the origin yes. of worship and how it was created. Yes. It says on the day you were created, the pipes, the vials, the timbrets, the, the jasper, the onyx, the jewels, they were created in you on the day you were created. It says, oh, how you have fallen, oh, cherub. Oh, how you have fallen. And, and then later on we see Jesus say, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning, right? And in that verse in Isaiah, it says five different times that his pride lifted him up. And, and he said that, uh, I call it the five I wills, which are in scripture. You see, Satan, Lucifer at the time, he believed his own hype. He had a deep desire to be worshipped. He wanted to be greater than God. He thought that he was created for greater than his original purpose. And that is the very definition of pride. He wanted more. He wasn't satisfied with what God created him to be. He wanted to be God himself. He wanted the worship to be directed to him. And that's why the devil will always use his best, best gift. When God threw him out of heaven, he did not take away his gift because God ain't scared of our yes. gifts. Amen? Amen. But he kicked them out with the gifts. And that's why the devil will use music to accomplish his agenda. And that's why people follow these artists today. And even the artists oh, now yeah. calling themselves I, I am and all this nonsense. Saying that they're little gods. You know, uh, uh, let me just tell you for the record. Any music that is not worshiping God is really just noise. Mm. 
That's Come it. On now. If you think about it, when, when the Lord kicked him out of heaven, he says, I heard the, 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 the sound of the timbrets and the vials as you were falling down from heaven. All the clanging, all the sounds of the music that was built in him, when he was cast out, he said, I heard the sound of the timbrets. I heard the, the rumbling of the drums that were in you as you were falling down to earth. Johann Sebastian Bach, one of the uh, creators of classical music, one of a very talented musician at the time, it says, a quote from his, it says, the final aim and reason of all music is nothing other than the glorification of God and the refreshment of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Music should be to glorify God. All music should be yes. to glorify God yes. and to refresh us. Hallelujah. Luke 10, 18, again it says, I saw Satan fall like, like lightning from heaven. And when he fell, music fell with him. Music will always appeal to our lower nature rather than appealing to God. When it's perverted by the hand of Satan, it will always be of sexual origin or of hate oh, origin yeah. or, or of belittling or demeaning, degrading. It, it always finds the lowest common denominator and then tries to corrupt the society. Vladimir Lenin, uh, one of the founders, the leaders of a communist Russia, one of the quotes, he said, one quick way to destroy a society is through its music. He tapped into the force, the power of music. He goes, you want to change a culture? Change the music and you'll change the culture. Wow. You want to change kids? Let them hear some Jesus. crazy stuff and you'll see how the house begins to change right away overnight. Yes. Music was corrupted and perverted and blemished. And music that doesn't worship God is cursed with a false anointing and it evokes emotions it will seduce you it will make you lose control uh, it'll it'll make you give your control over to it uh, think of the term rock and roll do you know how rock and roll derived its its title from people having a, a, a sexual encounter in the back of a car and the car rocks and rolls and, and that's where you know and now the theme sex drugs and rock and roll right it, it, it's it's right in the open people don't even uh, uh, try to figure it out or, or deny it. Mm -hmm. it but this is where it's origin hip-hop there's no such thing as holy hip-hop mm -hmm. the term hip-hop hip -hop means booty shaking how do you put a, a, a sticker a holy booty shaking right it doesn't make sense right but 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 so we we have to really be wise about it. there's not a problem uh, uh, uh rapping for example that's not a problem but it's not a holy hip-hop there's a whole culture did you know now that there's a bible the gospel of hip-hop it was written by KRS-One. It's an actual religion. It's been formed in Washington, D.C. It's called the Gospel of Hip-Hop. And they have their own Bible. And it starts with the Egyptian uh, stuff with the pyramids and everything else. Yeah. It's right in the open. It's a bona fide religion now. People are followers of that religion. It's, in other words, it's a false god. It's a false anointing. Amen? We have to be a little bit smarter than that and be discerning of that so that we don't get caught up in the nonsense. Amen? Yeah. So, 
true worshipers, praise God, true worshipers will paralyze the works of Satan, will cripple the attacks of Lucifer, of Satan himself. It'll cripple him. It'll kill his plan. It'll kill his, his, his strategy when you worship him the way we just described. Worship, a true worshiper, when they're in the presence of God, the devil is terrified of a presence of God. He's terrified of a brother or sister engaged in worship and he will flee in terror. True worship will render him powerless and mm -hmm. impotent. He cannot do anything but run for his life. God has handed you and me over the position of worshiper. Tag your it. Hallelujah. You are created for worship. James 4, 7, it says, Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, our worship is like God's cannon pointed at the very gates of hell themselves. Worship, I got to say this because it's true. Worship is not intended for man. <laughs> worship was not invented for man. Worship was invented, created by God for God. Worship is God invented. It's to is designed to be offered up to the Creator. It's not for you. Hallelujah. It is for Him. So that's why when people come to church and say, Man, the worship is just it sucked today. The worship was no good. I didn't enjoy it at all. Guess what? It wasn't for you. <laughs> So isn't that nice? Isn't that special? Hallelujah. Thank you. Because it's not for you. It's not for me. It's unto God. So if you didn't like the band, you know, pick up an instrument, learn it. Maybe you could contribute. Hallelujah. Be part of a solution. How about this? If you got a good voice, throw that good voice up in the air. Hallelujah. And encourage the person next to you to start worshiping God. Instead of saying, man, that person sounds like a broken hinge. That person sounds like a this or that. Instead of criticizing your brother and sister, Get involved. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope he ain't talking about you right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, if you want to be entertained, go buy a ticket and go see a, a concert somewhere and you'll be entertained. But in this house, we entertain God. We worship the Lord. In this place, we offer up praises unto the most high God. Good, bad, and ugly. We give it all to the Lord. Hallelujah. And he worships. He loves our worship. Hallelujah. Worship is a two-way street. It draws us to God. And it draws God to us. Psalm 22. Yes, hallelujah. Psalm 22, 3. It says, But thou art holy. O thou that inhabits the praises of the people. Hallelujah. Listen, what does that word inhabit mean? It means he is enthroned in our praises. When you hear the word God inhabits the praises of his people, he says he is enthroned in your praise. He sits on the throne of our praises. That's awesome. Praise God. Worship is like a fragrant aroma. Max Lucado, I love this quote. I've used it a thousand times. It says, worship is the thank you that can never be silenced. How powerful is that? Let me tell you something. Worship in and of itself is never silent. It can't be silent. It is impossible. It is impossible to worship God in silence. You can't worship God like this. Amen. 
Because the fruit of your lips is closed. There ain't no fruit coming out. Hallelujah. When you offer up praise, you give Him the fruit of your lips. That means you give Him the best that you've got within. That means your gratitude. You know, if, if you got a Christmas gift from your parent or you're a parent and you give your child a Christmas gift and they, they open it up. <laughs> you know, wouldn't you be like, yo, dude, you know, can I get a little love up in here? You know, say thank you or something. Do you like the gift? Does it fit? Is it the right color? Is it the right size? Do you need batteries? What's up? Right? Don't you want to hear some acknowledgement? When, when the gift is given, you want some, yes. re- some uh, a semblance of recognition yes. that there's an appreciation. Yes. Yes, sir. Amen. I, I know of stories where kids have gotten gifts and they just phew, took off. They never said thank you. So the following year, the, the parent didn't buy them anything. I was, I, was, I was told that story. And the kids were like, where's my gift? Where's my gift? Oh, you didn't appreciate anything last year, so I, I figured you didn't really like it. So this year, I got you nothing. Isn't that a nice lesson to learn? Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, they get all stinky face. Go to their room. My dad don't love me. Mommy don't love me no more. But listen, we got to show appreciation. You can't show appreciation in silence. You know, like the song we sang earlier, I will not be silent. Why? Because I'm worshiping the Lord. That's why. You can't be silent when you're worshiping God. You got to let it out. Glory to God. When we lift our hands, we show a sign of surrender. Meditation. If we're meditating, you could be silent and meditate. And meditation is not, um. No. That's not meditation. Meditation is simply focused thinking. You read the word and you ponder. Hmm, what is God saying to my heart right now? That's it. What is it? You meditate on his word. What is the meaning? How can I extrapolate uh, what, what the word is saying? What can I pull? What can I draw yes. from the word this morning? How can I let that word apply to my life today? What wisdom can I pull from it this morning? What love, what nurturing, yes. what nutritional value does the word have for me today that's meditation right when you meditate amen? amen praise god and 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 it's important we can't do it without opening our mouth uh, uh, worship it has to be uh, uh, demonstrated look at what what matthew five nineteen says it says after the boy was freed but from a demon by jesus yeah. jesus tells him go home to your friends and tell them what great things the lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you listen have you ever been healed have you ever been delivered of something has god ever shown up on your behalf has god ever rewarded you for anything has god ever done anything for you then give him some praise in this place hallelujah give him some glory that is due to his name hallelujah raise up a gratitude Uh, hallelujah say lord you're awesome you're powerful thank you lord for who you are hallelujah thank you for what you've done thank you for what you continue thank you because you literally heard my prayer i'm nobody i'm nothing i'm a speck of dust and yet and still you show up on the scene yet and still you love me 
yet and still you deliver me from my enemies. You, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Woo. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord. We are created for worship. Isaiah 43, 21 says, This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. Not you, fallen cherub, Lucifer, Satan, you liar. My people will worship me. I raise them up. They'll give me the praise. They'll give me the worship. They'll give me the glory. Do my name. I ain't scared of you. Hallelujah. We now have a church culture who now seems to forget what real worship really means. Yes. Let me go there. Hallelujah. I'm going in. Hallelujah. Buckle up. Hallelujah. We have modern church culture. Mega churches. It's the title. Mega church. Which means size means everything. Right? Size means success. And oftentimes these mega churches, because of their large numbers, people think, well, they must be doing something right. So they get to make the rules. They get to tell us how we should build up our church because our church only has 50 people. So maybe we should listen to somebody who's got 3,000 people and maybe we'll get there. I bind that lie in the pit of hell. Hallelujah. These churches, they, they set up their church like a concert hall. They paint the ceilings black and the walls black. And they get strobe lights and smoke machines and, and video cameras and all kinds of stuff. And they make it like a Broadway show. They sing two songs and move on. And then they move on to a watered down, feel good, placebo effect, sugar filled, <laughs> hallelujah, with jelly in the middle, hallelujah, whipped cream and sprinkles on top. Message. Deliver your people. They put some daddy donuts on it, hallelujah. I wish that place was still open, but I thank the Lord. The Lord closed it because of me, hallelujah. He closed it because of me, hallelujah. I could down on some daddy donuts, man. And a cold glass of milk, hallelujah. I'm straight. I'm good. Hallelujah. Woo! Got to bind that in Jesus' name this morning. But they give this sweet lovey-dovey stuff. And then they modify their church service so that they could keep the numbers. And then people come and go and there's no change. There's no produce of fruit. There's no life change. There's no evidence of a conversion. And people think that they're in right standing with God. And they might be living in homosexual relationships. They might be sleeping with one another and meeting each other and living all kinds of abominable works practices of lawlessness and all kinds of debauchery and drug addictions, but they come to church and feel good. And so long as the numbers are there, they will not change. As long as they got the numbers coming in, everything is fine. But let me tell you, we can't become true worshipers of God until we know the focus of our worship. Until we know the God that we serve. And once you get to know the God you serve, that weak, watered-down, placebo effect, sugar-coated, sugar, jelly donut preaching, hallelujah, won't work anymore. 
It won't satisfy anymore. The Captain Crunch preacher ain't gonna do it for you. The Fruity Loops pastor ain't gonna do it for you no more. It ain't gonna work anymore. And you're going to say, I got to go where the bread of life is, yeah. where the word is being preached yeah. in spirit and in truth. I got to get with like-minded believers who are going to glorify, worship God in the good times, in the bad times, and no matter what. Amen. Hallelujah. We got to know our creator. John 17.3, it says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you. The only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We've got to know the God that we worship. We've got to know the God that we worship. Worship is a matter of the heart. A couple of weeks ago I spoke about the heart condition. What is the condition of your heart this morning? Is it tuned in or is it like the Pharisees' heart? Where, where Jesus kind of had to blast them. Hallelujah. Matthew 15, 8. Through nine, Listen to what he says. These people, they draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines of the commandments of men. Let me tell you, when you come into the house of God with a stank attitude, with a, with a I don't want to be here attitude, my mom made me come here, I can't stand this person, I don't want to sit next to her. When you come in with that attitude, you are giving God tainted Worship and tainted worship is worthless to God. You might be able to sing a song because you're going through the rituals. You're going through the motions and you're singing it out of your mouth. The words are coming out and they they say, uh, oh, he says, they draw to me with their mouth and they say the right things, but their heart is far from me because our worship is a matter of the heart and we need to come with a heart of repentance, with a contrite spirit, with spirit and in truth. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the only way. When you offer up God some tainted worship, it's, it's stinky, it's worthless, it doesn't mean nothing to Him. And you're wasting your time and His. we got to be in spirit and in truth if we're going to worship the Lord. Many worship leaders, I hate to say it, Brother Richie and I, we had this talk the other day. They have these CDs and albums and they're selling millions of dollars. But they, they too have learned the system. They, right. they know the right words to say. They know to put the right chords, the right melodies together that will sell albums. But try getting them to come to your church and write a, a, write a big check because it's going to cost a lot of money to get them to come to your house to worship the living God. When did worship become a business? When, when did it? I mean, I understand that there are expenses. I'm not naive. But what about trusting God? The Bible says the workers do his wage. What about just showing up and worshiping God? Let God take care of all that stuff. Amen. Amen. About that. The second commandment. It says you should have no other gods before me. Nothing else can take God's place. So I'm going to go quickly and wrap this up. We're talking about the rewards of worship. So. Let's go in. Hallelujah. What are some of the rewards of worship? I'm talking about true worship. Spirit and in truth. When you come in correct. When nothing can stop you because the praise is so shut up in your system. you got to let it out. When you come in, number one, worship changes 
the atmosphere. Hallelujah. The first, the first reward. You might have come in uh, with a problem. And, and, and yes, the problem still exists when you go. But there's a redirect. There's a refocus. There's a shift. Hallelujah. It changes the atmosphere. Glory to God. Yeah. Let me tell you, there are people that have said, Pastor, I don't know what to do, but every time I, I go to sleep, I, I get these night visits. Come on. I get these visitors in the night that come to harass me. I, I, I get a, a, a tossing and turning, and I hear noises, and it, it freaks me out. You know what my advice is? Put some praise and worship music yes. on. Begin to worship God. You sleep like a baby. Put some praise and worship on. Even when you go to work, put the praise and worship on. Leave it on. You come back home, the presence, of you, you, when you open up the door, it's like the angels go, oh, welcome. You come home yes. to sanctuary. You know why? The demons can't they be can't there because that's a house with the anointing yes. of the Holy yes. Ghost and the Shekinah glory of God resteth there. Hallelujah. Yes. You want peace at night? Yes. Worship yes. the Lord. Yes. You want to change the atmosphere? Yes. Worship God. You have worry, you have stress, begin to worship God and pray and seek his face and the worry will slip right off your back like water slips from a duck's feathers. Hallelujah. Worship will knock down the walls of Jericho yes. in your life. I don't care what walls are set up against you. You begin to worship. But that's not Oh, hallelujah. Another reward of worship. You walk in the favor of God. Hallelujah. The favor of God will be upon you. Listen to what Psalms 5.12 says. It's powerful. We read it earlier. It says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. How many want the favor of God upon their life? You want God's favor? Start worshiping the Lord. Don't curse the crisis when you find yourself in a situation. Understand that God is with you. Praise your way through the storm. The storms of life. How about this? Stop complaining. Stop doubting. Stop murmuring. Right there. That right there. If you take those three things, you would save yourself so much aggravation. Trust in the Lord, in the beauty of His holiness. When you go to the throne room of God, you're going to the throne of the creator of heaven and yes. earth who made everything in it. Why should you be afraid of this little thing that you got going on? <clears throat> when things seem hopeless, worship your way. You, you know that Paul and Silas were beaten almost half to death. They were thrown in prison. And look at what they did in Acts 16, 25. They said, but at midnight, remember they're bleeding, they're battered, they're bruised, they're busted up. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and what? They were singing hymns to God. And the prisoners that were also in the same boat, the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Glory to God. When you worship God, things change. The, the natural laws can't hold you down. The chains can't bind you anymore. They break off of you. Hallelujah. But guess what? That's not all. Number three, the worship. 
True worship lets the enemy know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. It tells the enemy that you ain't scared of him. That no matter what he's throwing at you, you're going to worship him in the good times and the bad. Hallelujah. In the plenty and in the poverty. That nothing is going to shut your mouth. While I have breath in my body, I will praise the Lord. Saints of God, let me tell you, we cannot lose our focus. Don't do it. No matter what you're going through. Let me read you an illustration. A Native American was walking down the street with a businessman. He stopped and said, listen, listen. For what? The businessman said, do you hear it? Hear what? He replied. Don't you hear it? Hear what? He goes, the crickets. Crickets? I don't hear no crickets. The Native American tried to help the businessman focus on the sound of the crickets. Can you hear it? They're getting louder. Oh my God, they're so loud right now. The businessman just kept saying, I don't hear anything. The Native American looked around and right below them as they walked in this big metropolis, there was a little cricket. He went down and picked it up. The businessman looked shocked. He said, I can't believe it. We're here in a downtown metropolis with people everywhere. And you and I are speaking and you can hear a cricket? I didn't know you could do that. The Native American reached into his pocket and took out some change. And he threw it on the ground. And 20 people walking by all stopped and looked down at once, looking at the change. He looked at the businessman and told him, you will always hear what you are tuned into. If you are tuned into money, you will hear a penny drop on the ground. I am tuned into nature. I hear little crickets. A lot of Christians will miss the still small voice of God because they are tuned in to the wrong things. 1 Samuel 12, 24, it says, Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart, for consider the great things He has done for you. Focus on what God is doing, not on the problems, not on the situation. Focus on Him, and it'll give you reason to worship God. God has done great, wonderful things for you. Stay focused on that. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, that in and of itself is not all. There is more. Hallelujah. Worship. It brings healing to your soul and your spirit. To worship God, your heart has to be engaged. To engage your heart is to bring healing from the Lord. If we look at Job, in Job 1, 20 and 21. Now remember, he had lost everything. He lost his possessions. He lost his house. He even lost his health. He lost his children. Look at what it says here in verse 2021 of Job 1. Then Job arose. He tore his robe. He shaved his head and he fell to the ground and worshipped. That's it. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. At the end of his trial, the Lord replenished everything that he lost. Three times over, threefold. Everything that he lost, he got back and then some. Hallelujah. 
they know he, uh, what what is it? Look at a uh, Samuel, a uh, Second Samuel, twelve twenty four, or first. What Second Samuel? Hallelujah! I, I think I have. It says I have here Second Samuel twelve nineteen through twenty. I must have a little typo. Oh, Hallelujah! Oh, I'm I'm way back. That's what it is. Hallelujah! Ah, Hallelujah! <laughs> we'll get there. Listen to sli- we'll get there. Hallelujah! We'll get there. <laughs> hallelujah! <laughs> I was saving that one, man. I I went to the punchline too quick. Hallelujah! But listen to what Second Samuel says. When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived the child was dead. This is right after he caused a great battle with Bathsheba. And the Lord said, your first child will die. Mm -hmm. Therefore, David said to his servant, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes and went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. What was it about David? What was it about Job? That in the worst case scenario of their life, they knew one thing. They worshiped God. It brought healing to their body. It brought refreshment to their spirit. But that's not all. And here's where I'm going with this. Worship, the next reward of worship, it matures you. Worship should mature you. Praise God. We grow up in Christ and we don't look ridiculous like the old man here. Hallelujah. Worship will redirect your focus from the problem onto the solution, which is in Jesus. Worship will turn your mourning into dancing, your sorrow into joy. It'll give you a new song to sing. You know, when when the Bible talks about sing a new song unto the Lord, did you know that the angels in heaven actually sing the songs of people? And when I say this, people freak out. But the Bible says in Revelations 15, 1 through 3, that the angels of heaven sang the songs of Moses. When, When Moses was able to deliver the people through the power of the Holy Spirit, when he delivered the people out of Egypt, they began to sing songs. And the angels took the songs of Moses and sang them back to God the Father in the throne room of God. When you begin to worship God, the angels take the voice of your melody, your heart, and they sing the songs of your heart back up to God. They say, listen to the song that Sister Noemi is singing unto you. Listen to the song Sister Lundes is singing. Listen to the song the Brother George is singing. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Look in His darkest hour when everything is coming against Him. He's still singing the glory of God. Oh, Lord, let us sing this song to you. And they start belting it out in harmonious praise. The angels of heaven sing the songs of the redeemed in the presence of God. And when we start tripping, they got nothing to work with. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians. It says... But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And Psalm 42, 7, it says that deep calls unto deep. Saints of God, we need to come up higher. Hallelujah. We need to come up higher because that's where God is enthroned in our worship. But that is not all. Saints of God, what is the greatest gift of worship? You know what the greatest gift is? You know what the big crescendo is? The presence 
of God. That is the greatest reward of our worship. The very presence of God. Worship will take you right into His presence. An incredible reward. The throne room of God Himself. It will release freedom and liberty in the presence of the Lord. There will be no limitations. There will be supernatural power unleashed. The keys of the kingdom of God will be released in the presence of the Lord. There are no boundaries and all things are possible. Moreover, it, it's going to take you into the inner courts of the living God. I mean, you got to understand how powerful that is. When you come into the presence of God, you are bringing yourself as the best gift you got. Listen, God doesn't want your money. He doesn't yes. want your talent. He don't want your good looks. He don't want your, your, your nothing that you got to bring him is nothing of value. You know what the best value you have? Worship. Your heart of worship. When you come to his presence and you bow down in holy reverent awe and you begin to worship him, that's the best gift you could give. Let me tell you, if you're a dad or a grandpa, the best gift you could ever get is when the little grandbaby goes, up, pick me up. Or when they rub on you and they grab your leg and they go, Papa, they hug on you. Papa, let me tell you, there's nothing better. And when you come to Father God, you say, let me just... Let me just hold on. Let me just get near you uh, like my dog Suki. Let me just sit right by your feet. Hallelujah. Let me get close to you. There's nothing better. It moves the heart of God. David said one thing. I ask or desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Listen, we can't come to God without bringing a gift. You don't go to a party, a birthday party, or, or some kind of party without a gift, right? When you come to the presence of God, you offer yourself as a gift. You don't come because you need stuff or you want stuff or, or God is the genie in a bottle that you rub the bottle and get what you want. But you come because you have a desire to be in His presence. The greatest reward, again, saints of God, is the presence of God. Where there are miracles and signs and wonders and the raising of the dead. Moving the heart of God is priceless. Bringing a smile to God's face is priceless. Being the apple of His eye is priceless. Making Him rejoice over you with singing and laughter and dancing is priceless. And I end with this verse in Ephesians 5, 18 and 20. Do not be drunk with wine, which is in dissipation or in excess, but instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to be rewarded? Get in the presence of God and everything else will pass away, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto yes. you. The greatest reward of worship is the presence of God. God bless you saints of the most high God this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at 
www.specchurch.net, or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net, or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.